What's up everybody? Hope everybody's doing great. So today, I, I'm excited about today's program for you guys because I got some great stuff and I think some really fun objections and how to overcome those objections. And honestly, in the sales room, there's all too often we have these experiences where we're ready for what we think is gonna be a good sale and then all of a sudden, people have a tendency to say something that just paralyzes us and stops us in our tracks for what we're trying to say. And I think that sometimes we just need to practice. We need to understand what's coming and have the answer to those, those things when they come. And that's what today is all about. Years ago, and I think I might even shared this story the other day, years ago, I started out in sales and car sales. I got fired from every car sales job I had. But one of the things that stuck with me from day one, the very first day I ever had in training for car sales, we watched a video by Zig Ziglar, who was one of America's best salesmen, if you will. And he, he started out with buyers or liars. And I never, I really never felt comfortable about that. I never liked it, but I don't think it is really a matter of buyers or liars. I think that people just have a tendency to give a different reason for why they're not yet ready to commit to that payment. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. But first, first we're gonna give you an intro. What's up guys, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam Marvin and I've been in the photography industry for 25 plus years. While I love being a creative, business is my passion and elevating the industry of photography is my focus. I created The Seven Figure Photographer to share my journey to seven figures and help others find their way to. So today, today I'm excited to talk about the 10 common objections in the in sales and how to overcome them. And I think this is, this is really a great one. Have you ever gone, obviously you've all gone to a car lot and you know, for me and my wife, it's interesting because I have been in the car sales industry and so I understand what it's like, but how many of you guys, like when you would go look at cars, did you have a plan? I know for me and my wife, whenever we decide to go, go to the car lot, it's kind of a serious decision because you understand that they have, you know, like kind of the shark tank. Once you pull onto the car lot, those car salesmen are looking at you. They're watching your every move. They're waiting to see when you get out of the car and then they pounce on you. And so we always, as a husband and wife, we always have this plan. Like, what are we going to do? Like, if we get there, we're just looking at cars. Like this is, this is our plan. We're just looking, we're not doing anything. But now a good salesman understands this. And a good salesman understands how to deal with that kind of thing. So for instance, when we go to the car lot, I typically say, okay, I'm driving and I'm gonna pull up right beside the car that you like and we're not gonna get out until we see the car that you like and then you're gonna jump out, run up to the window, peek inside, check to see if the door's <laughs> open and then check the window sticker for a price and then jump back in the car. And by the time she gets back in the car, the car salesman's pulling up on, on his little uh, golf cart and I'm buzzing <laughs> away and I'm like, peace out, Girl Scout. So <laughs> I, we do this all the time because I don't wanna get stuck with a salesman. I don't wanna feel obligated to a salesman until I'm ready to make those decisions. Now, part of that is because I'm, I'm an easy sell. Like, believe it or not, I'm an easy sell. And, and I understand all the triggers and I understand all the things. And I've kind of actually identified like the three types of salesmen. 
And I think that salespeople actually understand this as well, and they've identif identified themselves as such as well. For instance, you have the mean salesman. And what's really interesting is I was thinking about this today, and the mean salesman, he's the guy that hasn't figured shit out. Like, he hasn't figured out that, okay, I need to, I actually need to ask the right questions and listen to the people instead of treat them frustrated or get mad at them because I just haven't gotten a good lead today or what they call an up. I don't know if they, if that's the way they do it on all car lots, but we used to call them an up. Anytime somebody would come on the car lot, you were the next one in the queue and you got the up, which is, that's just what they called it. So that's what we go with. So anyway, you have the mean guy, which I think the mean guy is really just, he's tired of dealing with people because he sucks at dealing with people. <laughs> he's not good about asking all the right questions. Then you have the nice guy, the guy that's like, oh yeah, no problem. Do whatever you want. I'm just here to help you out in any way that I can. That's the guy that gets me. Except for, I don't normally like to work with that guy because I know that he knows the secrets to sales. And then you got the new guy. The new guy is like, oh yeah, I've only been here three days. And that's actually the guy that I prey upon because like, I, that's the guy I want to work with because then I can like work as much of my magic. I can make him uncomfortable. I can lead the sale. I can do a lot of things, but he just has to go back to his manager and come back and his manager's trying to make, teach him something. And so he can make a lot of mistakes and I can take advantage of that. Obviously, when we look at this in the sales aspect for ourselves, we can identify those things for ourselves and how we can best use them in the sales room. For instance, one of the things we use in the sales room is I would have to check with the boss on that or, you know, I just do the sales. Like, I don't actually have the authority to cut prices down. Like, what all those different things you can do. But I want to tell you about an experience that I had a couple of years ago, and I love this story. However, I realized one day that this was actually... A really bad thing. I had a client sitting in my sales room and they had ordered about, I think it was like right around $4,500 worth of, of product. Maybe it was closer to five. And when I pulled open the invoice and she saw the price, she was like, she, she let out an audible gasp. Like she was, she was obviously clearly uncomfortable with the price. And she looks at me and she says, I don't think that I could ever spend that much on senior pictures of my daughter. And I looked over at her and she was carrying her Louis Vuitton purse and it was sitting on her lap. And I said, I'm guessing that these senior pictures are probably not as expensive as that Louis Vuitton <laughs> purse. And her husband looks at her and he says, I told you not to bring that damn thing. And he, he says, give the man the credit card. And so I made the sale, but I learned quickly that you don't put women in like bullying situations nope. like that. That's a bad way to do things with women. Yep. But it worked out that time. But it was a lesson learned. I've never seen that client ever again. <laughs> they did come to our escape room once. But nonetheless, the point in telling you this is that people go into it with a plan. And that specific day, he and his wife had decided, like he told her, he was like, okay, let's not look like we have money, let's just go into this, let's do it this way. Whatever their decision was, I don't know what it was, but he let the cat out of the bag when he's like, I told you you shouldn't have brought that purse. So we're gonna jump into the 10 common objections in sales. And these are just kind of ones that I've experienced more. Also trying to listen and hear what you guys have to say, what you've experienced. But I'm gonna give you like two different ways to deal with each one of those objections. Now, number one we're gonna start with is, can I just buy the digitals? Like I get that 
pretty often, not too bad, but like not, like not really, really often, but I get it. And you guys get it all the time too. So I love this question because I hate it. I hate to hear this question, but there's a couple of different ways that you can deal with this. Number one, what I typically say is, is either something to this effect. Yes, absolutely. However, I think that there might be a misconception about the cost of digitals because our digitals are actually our most valuable and most expensive product. Another way, and I think some other people say, and we even say this occasionally, is that, yeah, absolutely, digitals come with, with the purchase of any wall portrait. The other thing you can do is you can actually say, yeah, my most expensive print is this, and so you can buy a digital of that print for this price, or you can buy a wall portrait of any size and get the digital with it for free. So that's one way that you can deal with that. There's lots of different ways, but I think that people really suffer from the misconception that the digitals are just the cheapest way to go. Another thing that we say is, I'm sorry, but we're in the full service business. We take care of our customers and make sure that they have a finished product. And that's like selling somebody a cup of coffee and just giving them the grounds and hot water and a cup to mix it in themselves. <laughs> that's so, a great analogy. So that's number one. Can I just buy the digitals? I'm sure you guys have all gotten that one. If you guys have a response to how you deal with that, I'd love to hear it. Go ahead and post it in the comments. Number two is, do we have to make these decisions today? This one paralyzes me like no other because I don't want to force anybody into anything. And oftentimes I even give in too easily to this one. Like if you've ever sat in one of my sales sessions with me or you know, this about me it's a really hard one to get past because like like i said i don't want to i don't want to force people into a situation where they're making a decision that's ultimately going to come back the next day so a couple of things that i typically like to say to customers in this situation is i say you certainly don't have to make this decision today but i think we can both agree that our time is valuable and you are here now so let's get done what we can and then let's see where we're at when we're all done or I oftentimes will say, I know it might seem overwhelming, but I'm here to help you to make the best decision. And I'm really good at what I do. So if we just dive in, we could probably get this all done today. So almost assume that this is like, it's just an overwhelming thing. Maybe even tell them or find out why is it that you're not ready to make this decision today. Uh, there's lots of different ways. The biggest thing about objections is that people have a tendency to just get stopped in their tracks and they don't wanna push, they don't wanna ask, but really what objections are is they're people saying, I don't know if the value is quite there for me yet. And I said value, not cost. I don't know if the value is quite there yet, but I'm still here, so let's figure this out. So let's move on to number three. I don't have space on my walls for that. Or I've even had people say, I, don't, I only hang real art on my wall. I mean, I've had some really interesting ones. Just about to move. Those ones, what? Just about to move. We've been getting that a lot. Lately. Yeah, we have been getting that one a lot. Well, we're downsizing. This is our last kid, so we're mm -hmm. about to move and we're downsizing, so we're not going to have that much room. Gary Box actually had a quote or something that he said last year that was like mind-boggling. I loved it. And he said, you know, I'd love to come over to your house and, and take the things that, off your wall that matter less than your kids. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. I tried that once this year and I felt like the biggest douchebag. Yeah, that'd be a hard one. But, but it is really powerful. Like, hey, I'd love to come over and rearrange your art so that we have some place to put something up that's more valuable than the other artwork you have. So, like, I'll put that 60 inch TV in the back. My yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the one, that's like my favorite one is like, I'm like, how do you have space for an 85 inch TV, but you know, you Not don't have kids. space for a 14 inch print of your kid? 
Another one I like to say is, hey, if wall art isn't something that you value, then we have other options. What is most important to you? We oftentimes will throw in album is a great alternative to wall art. However, if you purchase an album with wall art, we have some bonus options as well. And I think that's probably the biggest way that we get wall art and album sales together is, is that way. So uh, there's lots of great ways to do this. Also, one thing that the Martins do is they actually have easels and they'll actually sell people a piece of art with an easel to display it. So like if they have too many windows in their house or something like that. So those are some great options. We say we can post online, but they pay $500 deposit to have them online for two weeks. And you could do that too. The biggest thing is, is I just don't like to give them that time because then they're always asking for more time. They're always asking for more time. I tell them I don't even allow pictures to go online until they're fully edited because it protects my brand. So there's a number of different ways that you can deal with it. And every, as long as it works for you, that's all that matters. I want to close that sale as quick as I can, because if you give people the time, they will drag that crap out for so long. We had one, in fact, the kid that just came in and interviewed for his, oh my uh, gosh. for yeah. video picture or for video, his parents didn't even come in. They came in to view pictures once and they're like, okay, well, we'll just, we got to figure out what we're going to do. And I let them walk. And then it was like a year later before they even, I'd written them off. I was like, I'm done. In fact, we actually sent them an email at the end of the year. We always send out an email for anybody that hasn't finished anything up or people that made shockingly low orders were, were like, Hey, we're, we're ditching any pictures that weren't sold. So if you want a screaming deal at the end of the year, and it's still not even a screaming deal, but we give them a certain number of images, like, Hey, you can get five images for like a thousand bucks or something like that. And which is, I'm just throwing numbers out there. I don't know what it is, but we actually sent them that email, like gave them an opportunity to like get like a decent number of images for like 1500 bucks or something like that. And they're like, Oh no, we need to come in. And so they ended up coming in and spending like five or $6,000. So it was nice that they came in, but then now still like, <laughs> like almost I think it's been like eight or nine months. They still haven't even finalized their album and they still haven't done it since like, since we talked to them the, since other, day. We talked to them the other day. So yeah, so that's interesting, but that all happens. I'm talking a lot with my hands today. Okay. Number four, this one, this one is one that it, when people say this one, I'm like, how, how are you sitting here then? Like we shouldn't be here when people said, there's no way I can afford that. Or I never realized how expensive this was going to be. Like that one to me just shocked me. I'm like, okay, did you walk into my studio and see this and be like, oh, this looks like the Walmart of photo <laughs> studios. This is going to be uber cheap. I'm going to be able to afford this. <laughs> no, when you walk into my studio, you walk in and think, well, I oh, hope yeah. you think, crap, this is, this is going to be spendy. And that's kind of the reason we want to get people in for a studio tour. But I typically say to people, I totally understand if that's beyond your budget. Did you have a specific number that you wanted to be at? And typically I love playing this game because honestly, like I, like for me, like when people sit down, I'm like, okay, I wonder what their budget is set at. Because for me, you know that like, as soon as they give me a number, I'm like, okay, let's double, double that. <laughs> We're going to double it or triple it. Double and down. not, not just to be a douchebag or a jerk, but I'm like, okay, whoever gives you the real number. Like okay. when I go to a car dealership and they're like, okay, what's your budget? I'm like $3,000. Like I went and bought a camp trailer. That was our budget was $3,000. No, no, no shitting you. Michelle and I went to buy a camper and we were like, okay, we're just getting a camper for family. Like, cause our family had property and our budget was 3000 or $3,500, right? 
we went to the first place and our budget went up to $9,000. We started looking at a little bit nicer campers and they really all mattered about how I fit in the bathroom. We walked out <laughs> spending $35,000 on a camper. I hope you fit in the bathroom. I did. And in <laughs> fact, the best part about it was that it had a door so I could be in the bathroom with the door open up. Camping. I, I that was great. That. And so literally that was like one of the selling points of the camper, but we started with a $3,000 budget. Yeah, you I 10X it like more than 10X. I 11 times that. So that's like, and I didn't even, that wasn't even, I didn't even necessarily have the money to do it. I called my finance guy and was like, Hey, do you have any good leads on used trailers? I don't want a new one. And he's like, well, you should go check out the new ones where Brian, who used to work here, is working. And I was like, I, I can't afford a new one. And I ended up buying a brand new one. And I bought a whole bunch of accessories that went with it. So <laughs> You are an easy sell. I am an easy sell. It's, it's ridiculous. But that's my point. Like, find out. And that's why it's my, I love that game is because, like, I don't even want people to just tell me what their budget is. I want to see, because, like, do you remember the customer we had that came in? It was, uh, what's her name? His dad from out in Nampa. You know, like the, uh, well, anyway. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Start with the story. He, I'll figure it out. He walks in and he like, we start talking. He's like, okay. So like driving over here, I knew that we were going to be at least a thousand dollars, maybe okay. 1500. He's like, then I walked in here and I was like, okay, it might be a little bit more than that. Probably like closer to 2,500, maybe 3000. By the time we were done, it was over Five or six. Yeah, he was in five or six range. And he was totally happy. He was cool about it. In Absolutely. fact, he was ready to schedule family pictures as well. And so, but like, I didn't want him to just give me his budget right out front. I want to do the work and I want to see where I'm at. And then if they say, I can't afford that, that's when I go to, okay, did you have a budget in mind? And then when they give me a budget, then I have some different techniques for how I do that. But my other one for how to, how to deal with, there's no way I can afford that is I say, I get that, and if it helps, we all or we do have some great financing options or payment plans. The only caveat to that is that we do require everything paid in full before we get started on your order. And that typically, you'd be surprised. I've had clients that were like asking about payment plans. They didn't want to finance. And now my difference between financing and payment plan, a financing is going through the bank. Payment plan is going through me. I charge them a straight 10%. Like if it's $3,500, I'm going to add $350 to the order and give them six payments. Like that's, that's how it works. And so 35, 38, 50 divided by six payments, that's what they're gonna pay a month. And it's surprising because I've had people that were like, okay, I don't really wanna do the financing route. And I'm like, okay, so credit might be an issue because if I finance it in house, then they don't have to do any credit checks. And I've had that happen. And then they're like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna write a check for it. I'm like, what? Why, where, where, where did we go wrong? Like, why would you want to put it on paint? I mean, I get it. Like, it's better to, to finance stuff than it is to use your cash if you can invest that cash. But anyway, interesting, interesting situation. So, okay, number five, I didn't do that much for her older sister, so I can't do that much for her. <laughs> this one, this one's kind of funny. And this is not one I necessarily would say unless I have the right customer, but I hear that a lot. And I'm guessing the older sister already knows that this one is your favorite. <laughs> so, so like you just put a little bit of fun into it. The other thing that I always do is I always tell people, I say, I run into that a lot being a full service studio, but we can help you make sure you are celebrating the other sister just as much as this one. Cause oftentimes it's like, 
they've worked with a shoot and burn photographer before. And so they just have images on disc and they've never put anything up on the wall. And so we just say, Hey, we can, we can make everything match. We can send us the pictures. We'll have an album made. We'll have wall portraits made. And we do that all the time. And we never, ever very, uh, we do occasionally suffer from this one, but most of the time we're, we're doing it. And we've even had like kids where, the kids are groaning out of the house and we're doing like five or six, like whole wall to the one last kid and the other kids like have eight by tens somewhere in the house. Like we've done that on many occasions. So that'll be my family. I know which kids I want pictures of. <laughs> you, you say that now. <laughs> I say that now. I'm you, like, whatever. You're just you going to keep all the pictures of Ansley. Everybody else will be like out in the back. 40. I know. Well, I do feel bad because there is that, there's oh. that parent thing sometimes that you have. Yeah. And that, and it happens. You have but, too many pictures of one kid. But I think, and another one that like we get that's kind of along the same line is, well, I don't want to hang big pictures of this one when right. we have two other kids at home that are going to be like, well, why is she so special? And I just straight up tell people, I'm like, you know what? Those kids are going to have their time too, but this is a really big stepping stone in their yeah. life. And it's a big time to celebrate the fact that they're graduating from high school. Well, and you that seem normally... to throw the family shoot into that too, quite often. Yeah, like, we do. We can, we can go out on a family shoot and we can get some images of the other kids and put them up there until we're going to replace them with their senior yeah. photos. And not that works. is another thing. I'll sell them big pictures of the other kids yep. and with the expectation that we're going to replace those someday with their senior portraits. Okay, so next is I love it, but I just don't know that we would ever look at that again. So albums or albums are a good example for this. We do videos and the videos are a common one that we get that about. Well, I just don't know that I'd sit around and watch the video ever again. And I have a lot of great things for that. For instance, the ones that I have written down, you're right, albums do oft often collect dust, but this is something that other generations will value as much, if not more than you do. The other one is I understand that concern and we often encourage our clients to display that to display it this way so that it is enjoyed regularly. Like for instance, with albums, I'll have them, I'll show them an easel that we have and display it open and, and show it so that it's something that people will pick up and flip through. And that normally helps people They're like, oh yeah, I never thought of that. Or, you know, another one you could say is like, if, if your house were to catch fire today, what's the first thing you would grab from your house? And it's typically going to be like the pictures and albums. So that's a good way to sell that point. You know, for the video, I actually share a really emotional story and I always feel bad sharing it with Mia there, but, and sometimes she'll get up and leave, but <laughs> the video that we offer, we'll get, it kind of comes down to a lot of times people are like, well, I'm not sure I really want to get that video. And this year it has been, people are choosing the video over the album because of the way we price things this year. But we've had a couple of people that said, you know, I just don't know that I would ever watch it. They haven't necessarily like backed out or, or said, I'm not going to do the video, but I'll tell them, I say, you know, I understand that, but I want to share with you an experience about one of my seniors who came in and her mom and her were going back and forth about it. Her mom was like, I don't know that we need it. And the daughter talked her into getting it. And the next day she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. She died within six to nine months, I think of that time. And that senior calls me back or called me back like a year after and said, you don't know how important or how valuable this video is to me because I get to hear my mom's voice in it uh, talking directly to me. And so I think you as a mom who's yeah. been through an experience like that, but vice versa Absolutely. can understand how important that is. And, and that's one of those emotions that sell. I'm not trying to be vindictive or anything like that, but I think that people have to understand like the letters we do in our video are some of the most like powerful things like yeah, sometimes we get some bizarre ones, yeah. but sometimes it's like the most powerful thing. And 
I'm not kidding you. Like every time I watch them, it gets me all choked up. So I know that they're, they're powerful and that they have a lot of value and that people, I, I think it's something that people just really need to, to purchase. Can I just say on that one that like a lot of times I think as photographers, we forget we're giving them an actual service. Like, and in that regards where she was with her mom, that's something she can never get again. Like, and we shouldn't feel bad about that. Like, I don't feel bad. You found a picture of, for me of Ansley that I thought was gone. And oh, that's like, right. I'm so grateful for that picture. Like it, it has nothing to do with, I am paying money for this. Like it's something irreplaceable that I can never get back. So don't forget that you're offering yeah. a service. The hardest thing for me thing. is like, I, like I can, I'm okay selling people something on the, like, don't miss out on this. Right. Selling people something like when you know that they're hurting and they need it more than anything that, right. that, just yeah, that's, that's a little bit different. But. I, I still think that we have to do it. Like we have to make money, but that one's, it's just hard personally for me. Yeah. So but you, you just never know. You honestly never know. So don't feel bad yeah. that you're giving these people memories that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. Cause you don't know if they're going to cherish it. Yeah. Like nothing else. But what I really want to do is I found that video of Ansley snorting and I want to turn it into <laughs> a, like a, a ringtone. So. Oh my gosh. That would be the best thing. Remember that be we were at sync and who was it? Was it Tasha? That had the, she had a tattoo. Oh, that was, that was so cool. Yeah, like I know it sounds like the weirdest thing ever, but I really want Ansley's snort like tattooed yeah, on so, my arm. So, that so you Tasha LaForest. La yeah, I think I that's what it was. I swear it's gotta be LaForest, but she, I think she pronounced it LaForest. It was her. Yeah. And she had this really cool tattoo. Now I'm questioning if it was her. I'm pretty no, I'm positive pretty sure it was. It was, it was her she, and her mom and her sister yeah. that did it. And anyway, they had a, she had a tattoo on her arm and it had like it had, it had the sound wave. the sound waves through the mountain or whatever, yeah. and you could hold your phone up to it and it would play the music or play the audio file that yeah. was connected to it. It, it was, was really amazing. cool. I I think that would be a cool tattoo to get. So yeah. we'll have to look at that one for you. So okay, number seven. I came in with a budget of X, and that's more than I planned to spend. Or I had a budget in mind, and that's more than I was ready for. I love this one again. Like I said, this is kind of a little bit different iteration of what we were just talking about. What I typically will say to that is I, I can appreciate that you said your budget is this. So what is most important to you? And let's see if we can get closer to that for you. Or I oftentimes tell people, what is your all in budget? What are you comfortable spending? And then I'll, and then I tell them, you know, what I'll do is I'll come up with a couple of options, a little bit below your budget, a little bit over your budget and right on your budget. And then let's kind of look at that from there. And then I still, even after we find kind of where they're at, the whole idea is upgrade, 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 offer them upgrades. Uh, I feel bad pushing for upgrades sometimes, but you got to let people do what they want to do. And oftentimes people will push beyond that budget. Like I can't tell you how often we have people in here and they give us an actual budget and we decimate the budget. <laughs> I feel bad saying that, but it is the truth. And it's, it's something... You know, people, again, like I said the other day, I think I was talking to Brianna and she was like, I just feel bad because we were talking about how sometimes like I struggled for a long time because like when I would be in a grocery store and I would see some of my old clients that I'd sold, like they'd sell like buy three, four, five thousand dollars. And then I'd see them in the grocery store and I'd duck the other way because I was like, I feel bad. Like, what if they don't like me because I convinced them to spend so much money? And she's like, oh, my gosh, I feel the same way. I said, but right now you're buying a house for 
a lot of money. Like she's <laughs> buying an expensive house. And it was like, it was like probably sixty five, seventy thousand dollars over, over her, her budget. budget. Yeah. Actually, I think it was even more than that. I, I said, are you mad at the real estate agent for talking you into doing that? And she's, she's like, like, no. no. <laughs> so it's the same way with us. So it's no different. So if, if they come in and say, I had a budget of this and that's more than I wanted to spend, that's not them saying that I don't want to do this. That's them saying the value isn't right yet. Throw in a little extra or make it like, it's not even throwing in extra. It's like, make it more valuable to me. And sometimes all that is is saying, you know what? I know you really want that video and I want you to realize how valuable that's going to be to you someday. Because when you're gone and your, your kids are going to be able to put that video in and hear your voice, that's going to mean the world to them. And that's the kind of thing that, oh my gosh, that just added more value to that yeah. video. And they're like, in fact, I had this happen not too long ago, like a couple weeks ago. I said something like that and mom was like, okay, you sold me. Here's my card. Like it was that blatant. She was like, okay. And that's all it takes is just, I think Rachel Martin says, speak more value into it. Like that's her, that's her thing. So, okay. Number eight. We are getting ready to close on a new house. I only gave you one option for this, guys, because this is a hard one. Like, there's nothing more mortgage companies hate than when customers go buying stuff right before they're supposed to get into their new house and it ends up screwing up their whole loan. And I don't want to be the reason for that because that's going to be a really, really bad experience or a really bad, like, negative mark on my head when they're like, if we wouldn't have ever bought those pictures from Sam we wouldn't, we'd have our house. Okay. So typically what I'm going to say to the client is I'm going to say something like, Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. And congratulations on the new house. I bet you're so excited. Let's get the order all figured out. And when we, and we can just do a future dated check or an in-house payment plan. And normally people, people are pretty good with that. The biggest thing is I want them to commit to the payment plan and sign that or not the payment plan, commit to the order and sign that. And normally it'll work out and people will just pay for things after they're done. If they're buying a new house, their credit is good. They have a credit card, they can afford it. A payment plan is not that big of a deal. If, if they're gonna pay it in full within like 30 days, then that's money that's coming in in 30 days. Just enjoy it. So I don't think that there's really a whole lot of other workarounds to that. Cause like, how else can you do that? You don't want to, like I said, you don't want to mess up somebody's new house purchase. Cause that's pretty exciting. Going back, Deb had a question. Okay. She said, and it kind of goes back. I think you answered it, but just so that she knows that we're addressing it. Um, she says, when they say that my budget is X, how do you help them with that? And then she said, talk about more value. So I think you kind of oh, hit okay. it, but if there's anything else you yeah, want to say it's, on that. Yeah, it's really just like, like I said, sometimes it's just a matter of getting the budget out there. And when people, the, the one thing that I learned, and I, I think I learned this from Russell Brunson, is that a, an objection to cost is not an objection to money. It's an objection to the lack of value. So it's, it's not people saying, I can't afford $3,000. I'm just saying that what you're offering me isn't worth the $3,000 I have to spend. And so sometimes all that is is, is packaging in a way that it provides more value to the customer. Maybe it's like, you know, simply saying something like you, this is something I think you're really going to love being able to have those pictures up on the wall of Susie when she's off to college next year and the house is quiet and you're starting to miss life. One of the things I always say about our videos is I always tell people, you know, this video is for when your kid is off to college and you just want to have a glass of wine and cry for a day. <laughs> and that's like, that's just one of those things that adds value. It always is like a little bit of a joke. People get excited. They're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that sounds like, a, like that'll totally be me every single day. 
or whatnot. And so they're just little things. And that's literally all it is. Like you can get people to spend more money by aligning it with their values, like what they value. If, if it's aligning it with how it's going to make them sleep better at night, knowing that their child was a great child and graduated or graduated high school and went on to college. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like, or maybe they're, you know, it just makes such great, um, or the colors just work so well with the color palettes in their home. And it's going to be such a beautiful statement piece or whatnot. So Annie brings up one of her issues. She says, so is it bad to just accept their budget and work within it? I have an extremely hard time actively trying to get them to spend more money in their budget. I know we've talked about this with no, Annie it's before, not, but it's not bad at all, but understand that oftentimes their budget is not really their true budget. Like how often do you ever give people all the cards and say, and I know Annie is kind of black and white about stuff like that, but she's a perfect example of going over her budget. Like, like when she, she purchases stuff that she loves and she'll go in with an expectation of, cause she loves to shop and she loves shoes. So, and she'll spend <laughs> over her budget. So it's okay for you to talk yourself into going over budget. Well, guess what? Somebody else did that just in the way they price things. Like maybe it's buy two shoes, pairs of shoes and get one free. And for some reason, my wife is like, oh my gosh, it was on sale. I had to buy it. Okay. Well, if you wouldn't have bought it, we would have saved $80. <laughs> so, so like, it's just a matter of, it is where you're comfortable. But again, if you're, if you're, I hate to say this word with Annie, cause I know she's going to beat me up over it, but <laughs> that's a limitation you've set for yourself. And people don't mind. People are here to work with you because they know that you're the expert and they know that it's your responsibility to make sure that they get what they want or what they need. And that's your responsibility to listen to them. And sometimes it's like, okay, you're telling me that your budget is $1,200, but you're telling me that what's most important to you is an album and a, a whole wall grouping, which comes to the tune of $3,500. So how are we going to line those things up? Because I understand your budget is, what did I say, $1,200? But what you want is $3,500. So maybe we should just take a couple of those wall portraits out of there. And that could bring us down maybe to like $2,200. And so it's still their choice. It's just a matter of, you know, really listening well and giving them options. Because it's not bad to give them options. And you don't have to say, I'm going to blow your budget out of the water. You just simply say, well, I'd love to show you a couple of options because there's some really good bonuses that come along with this option, which is a little bit above your budget. And it's not a bad thing. Nobody's going to disrespect you or be angry with you about it. Okay. This one I love. <laughs> Number nine, I will have to see if her dad will pay for half. Otherwise I can't afford it. So I hear this one all the time or people, in fact, we got this the other day. The client was like, well, we need to talk to dad because dad's spending or paying for a significant amount of it. There's some of it that really frustrates me because a lot of times I get women in here that are like, you know, maybe dad was unfaithful or whatever. And so they're trying to stick it to him as hard as they can. When in all reality, they're ordering all this stuff for themselves, but want dad to pay for it. Like that's kind of bogus. Dads don't typically value pictures as much as the moms do, but mom still wants dad to pay for half of it, even though he's not going to get half of it. So uh, there's a couple of different ways that I go about this. Uh, one of the things is I say, absolutely, I get that. Let's make sure we understand what your specific needs are and you can pay for that part and he can call and pay for what he wants for himself. Or I often joke and tell people that I wish I had a divorce package, but realistically dads never want, never value portraits like moms do. So since we know this is what you want, 
buy what you need and we can schedule a time for him later. Or I've even gone as far as saying, hey, if you really want to sock it to dad, like buy what you want and you're going to get this, this, and this with it. And you're going to get the digitals, print out a couple eight by tens and sell them for the value of what you spend on all your pictures. <laughs> and a lot of times they're like, oh, that's a great idea. So whatever, I don't care. But I mean, we've had situations we where have. like not too long ago, we had the one dad that came in Yep. They had spent like $6,000. He came in and spent like $5,000 yeah, and there was no issue. Like he was just cool. I was like, and technically I was, I kind of felt bad. I was like, I'm selling you an album that I would normally have sold. And I tell the clients, I tell it, clients yeah. that all the time. I say, you know what, if you guys can work together, you have a lot more power in buying together because if dad is willing to spend $5,000 and you're willing to spend $4,000 or whatever, that's $9,000. I'm going to give you a, a lot more options. I'm mean, you're going to get more digitals, but instead, if mom wants to break her order up into like $1,500, she's not going to get any of the bonuses with the digitals. And if dad comes in and is like, Oh yeah, I'll spend $2,000. He's going to get all the digitals and he's right. going to have the, the power. But if they put it together, $3,500, dad only is getting 10 digitals at that point in time, they could have had like 20 digitals or something like that. Well, I don't we've know. We've had it go both ways before. Like, yeah, we've, we, it's gone, it's gone both ways. Yeah. Um, there's a few more questions. Go for it. So we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit again. But Annie says, so how do you get them to even say what their objection is? So how do you get them to the point where they're comfortable enough to tell you where those objections are? And then Margaret says, I have never asked what their budget is. Does it make a difference if I get that number out there? No, it doesn't. So I'm going to answer Annie's question first, and which was, read it one more time because I don't want to confuse it. So how do you get them to even say what their objection is? Okay, so that is really part of the funnest aspect of sales because it's identifying what the what the objective is because people this is the part where the whole zig ziglar things come into play because when he said buyers are liars it really bothered me but what i found was that people would say like very few people you would never catch me saying unless it's to you or to like my kid i can't afford that Right. Like that just that those are not words that are ever going to come out of my mouth to people. I'm not going to say I'm broke. I can't afford it. Most of the time, people are not going to say that, but they are going to beat around the bush. They'll get bashful. You have to watch for body language. You have to watch. And that's one of the funnest parts about it is when you watch for that body language or you watch for like if you're in a sales session with mom and dad. And I always like to have mom and dad on opposite sides of me if I can because I like to watch for that look. Like when she looks at dad and he's like, mm -hmm, really? <laughs> like those are, those are obvious objections. And so like you can even do, you can push them to find objections, like offer them be like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. like this package is $10,983. And they'll be like, <coughs> I can't do that. Like, there's no way I'm doing that. There's your objection. Like, okay, is it, and you can say stuff like, well, is it the value? Like, are you not getting enough pictures or is the cost too much? Like there's different ways you can, you can kind of work it and put it, but it's really just kind of making sure that your focus is let's identify where the objection is. Let's find it by watching body language, listening to what they're saying. If they're, if the conversation is going kind of weird, like, I mean, you can feel a lot of those things. What are you laughing about? Oh my goodness. Deborah has another question when you're done before you Who get does? To Deborah, before you get oh, okay. to Deborah. Okay, so then what was Deborah's question? It was... Um, but you addressed Margaret's. You told her that... Or no, Margaret's, yeah. Mar it doesn't make a difference to get the number out there. It doesn't make a difference to get the number out there, but oftentimes if 
if you come to a situation where they're using one of these objections and they're not saying anything about budget, don't be afraid to ask and say, hey, what's, what is the real concern here? Like what's stopping you from making this purchase today? Is it budget or is it just the number of pictures or are you just not happy with something? So sometimes just coming out and asking people, I typically like to wait. I've even told people straight up like, hey, I know you probably have your budget. Don't tell me I want it. Like that's not fair to you until we're to that point. And then I straight up ask them when we get to a point where we're not making any headway, I just will straight up say, okay, do you have a budget in mind? Like where are we at? And then we go from there. And I like how Annie said, I never give myself a budget, LOL. I know, she, she's awesome. So Deborah's other thing, and we have had twins quite often, at least recently, but yeah. what do you do for twins? I have a recent inquiry, and in the past have struggled with them thinking that they should get a deal. <laughs> we have a new one that thinks that she should get a deal. We do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. The twins. Yeah, another new one. Okay, so this is actually interesting. What I typically do with this, and this is kind of, it is a challenge because... You got to think about for that parent, literally everything they do costs them double. Like, because you can't buy for one kid and not for the other. You can't, like, you buy them one shirt, you have to buy another shirt for the other kid. Like, whatever. It's, it's a nightmare. I typically, the biggest thing that I try to do is I try to tell them, hey, look, we're going to give each one of them their own session. So it's double the work for me. But realistically, there's never a time that I've ever done a sales session where I don't do them together. And if it comes down to it and they're like, I just really can't spend that much for this one and that much for that one, we can make an album with both kids in it. We can do grad cards with both kids on it. So there's a couple of different ways we can do it and save them a little bit of money. But then sometimes like I understand like the biggest thing that they struggle with with twins is they want them each to have their unique experience. They want them to have their own feeling, their own life, their own everything instead of being treated like twins all the time. And so oftentimes they will buy like an album for this twin, an album for that twin. So they're typically, twins are not the biggest sales. They are good sales because of, they'll oftentimes spend a good amount. We had a boy girl twin last year that they were $9,000 together, which was, I mean, that's $4,000 a senior. I mean, that's that, or $4,500 a senior. And that was before the, even the session fee. So that was probably $10,000 altogether. So there's, I mean, there's different ways to do it. Is it still money in the bank? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay, so... We gotta do number 10. What? We gotta get on to number 10. Are we behind or something? You look well, frantic over there. No, we just have the headshots coming in. Oh, I thought they were coming in at two. Oh, Maybe. coming in for hair and makeup. Okay, number 10. This last one, and we'll call it done. I can't make these decisions before talking to my husband. This is, like, my favorite one. Favorite <laughs> one I hate. Like, I don't ever make any decisions by talking to my wife, but I just, I just wait to experience what I get in trouble for, so. Okay, so a couple of things that I typically will try to say in this situation is I, I'll say my wife wouldn't be happy if I made this kind of purchase without talking to her first either. Had the two of you not discussed this beforehand. So that's one good thing to say. And the other one is I bet he appreciates that. Would you like me to step out while you give him a quick call so that we can take advantage of the bonuses today? I say that like my bonuses are only available the day of. I am not a very... I'm not very good at being a hard ass about things unless you really piss me off. And so typically, but that's one thing you can use. You can say, hey, you get a percentage discount. Like you can pad your pricing and take 20% off as long as they make the order at the time of the sales session. We don't have a problem with people making the orders most of the time. So we'll use like our bonuses. If you'd purchase today, you get these bonuses or get everything paid for today, you get this bonus. We actually incentivize 
paying with either cash check or financing to where they can get some extras. You don't get that if you, if you're not willing to do it today. So there's a couple of different things that you can do to really combat that. And it's just kind of incentivizing certain things or doing bonuses, different stuff like that. But again, one of the biggest things with dealing in dealing with objections and working with people is restating their problem, like saying, Hey, I understand that you're selling your house and that is something you don't want to mess with. So restate the problem so that they understand, okay, this guy or this girl really listened to what I just said instead of focusing on making the sale. So restate their problem and then give them a solution to the problem. So whether that be, you know, I get it all the time where people are like, well, I need to talk to my husband first. And I'll be like, well, why don't, if you know what you want to get, why don't we make the order up? We get it finalized and everything. You can take it to your husband and show it to him. And if you think that he's going to freak out about this one, then let's give him some options. Let's make three different order forms. And this is what you get with this one. This is what you get with this one. And this is what you get with this one. And say, if you have any issues, don't be afraid to call me because a lot of times people miss out on those things. Or if we need to schedule another time to come through. So Deb said, wow, that's oh, amazing. Yeah, Tim's just came through. That was weird. It says, can we talk more about the payment plans? How do you handle the issues such as a declined credit card defaulting on payments? Okay, so that's actually a great question. We have a, we have a sheet that basically outlines all that information. If they miss a payment, you can put a $50 charge on there. You can put a finance charge. However, that one part, you have to be really careful because you have to look at every state. Every state has a different like maximum finance fee or finance charge and different th things like that. We always have them put either a card on file. So we photocopy the card. We put the information in. We have them sign saying that they approve it. We give them the exact dates for each payment. We set it up to automatically take out. We do oftentimes have payments that decline and we just reach out to them and say, Hey, just wanted to let you know that your payment didn't go through. I'm sure you probably got a new card or something, but do you want to get that in today so that you don't have that declined card fee or whatever, or that missed payment? So it happens, but typically once people have paid, they're not going to just leave it out there forever. So you just have to be a collector. Uh, I do typically tell people, please, please do not make me be the mean collector guy. So I really don't want to do this unless this or with the financing we use financing through our local bank which that just changed and we haven't like fixed started everything back up with them but with them we fill out an application they either get approved or denied if they get approved the bank funds us all the money and their payment is dealt with with the bank and so they have a higher responsibility of dealing with that because the bank is going to report to credit i'm not unless they really piss me off then i'll report it but other than that that's about it so I hope that answers. Let's see, you just take payment plans, but got tired of chasing clients down. Well, don't get tired of chasing clients down, just get the right clients. And no matter what, I still have clients that are, actually, we haven't had for the last couple of years, I don't think we've had a very many payment plans. And the ones that I've had were yeah. really good, but I've had years where we had really, like some people that were just obnoxious and we just, we just kept working at it. Yeah. Sometimes I get to a point where I just write it off, but Hey, they're not getting any of their product until it's paid in full. So it doesn't like, I haven't done any of the work other yeah. than the work that I did to get the session done, which technically was paid for, but I'd like to make the money on the session. So, I mean, yeah. patience, my friend, you have to have a little bit of patience when you're in the service industry or a Mia to put it all on <laughs> or Mia to put it all on. <laughs>
This one right here. Just <laughs> put it all on her. The girl that doesn't wear green on St. Patrick's Day. Hey, dude. Way to go. <laughs> Get over it. See, my shirt almost looks green. No, not really, but. My eyes are green. I'm like always. Yeah, your eyes are brown because you're full of crap. <laughs> Such a butt. <laughs> okay, that's all we got for you guys today. I think. Oh, oh, my quote. Guys, oh, yeah. objections are like freeway exits. If you miss where you thought you were going, there's always another one down the road. Okay? <laughs> I always tell my wife that. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't know that. why? Guys, I need the, I need the backstory. I'd, I always tell my wife, I'm like, babe, wives are like freeway exits. If you miss one, there's always another one down the road. So I'm going to get a lot of crap it's for that so one. Wrong. But I love to tease her. It's not, I'm not for reals about it. I just love to tease everybody. And I apologize. Don't hate me for it. She I have some other you. great. I have some other great ones, but they're so inappropriate, and I would get in so much trouble for it. Yeah, let's just. Okay, we'll just leave it, it at that. I don't even know if that really made sense. If you miss the one you expected to take, there's another down the road. Yeah, but wouldn't that be sales? I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make it look. I'm not gonna make myself <laughs> look like a dork. Okay. No, no, you. I probably already did that really well. Escaped that. Okay. I hope everybody. Did everybody get their questions answered? Do we I have any? So. No, nothing else came through. Um, well, oh wait. No, working, I'm sorry, so. Tim. Another one just oh, okay. is popping up. Tim says, "So do you set up fees for missing payments? How yes. That's how you keep them on point? Question mark. Is that how you keep them on point? Yeah, and you just put that into your um, into your payment plan. Like I said, again, a piece of paper that you fill out. It has all the all the payment plan stipulations. One of those things is that if they miss a payment, it's $30 late fee or $30 fee. You could even put like accruing, like every month that it's late, it's got a $30 fee. So you can just add that. But then you got to go into your CRM and you have to add those expenses on. And people typically fight you and be mean about it. And so that part just, it's like, it just depends on how much you want to deal with it. And if you're getting upset with the people that are on payment plans that are missing things, then maybe... Maybe just don't do payment plans at all. But you're missing out on some money. I promise you that. We, we can probably be done, though. Okay. Yeah. We'll be done. Ready, okay, set. Peace out. Peace out, Girl <laughs> Scout. <laughs>